0: This is Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer, and I'm inviting everyone to join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on the Kicking Lawyer fan page on Facebook for Law Talk Live, where we discuss business, politics, current events, and the law. If you miss the live version, you can watch the playback on YouTube or listen on your favorite podcast platform. Three, two. Mason, the kicking lawyer, and we are live for another law talk. Today is so exciting because we have these very talented performers for you today. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to uh, our content on all platforms. We're on all social media platforms as well as podcast platforms. Of course, we're on TikTok. I got a pretty big following over there. Go over there and uh, look at the people that make fun of my hair. It's a great experience. And as always, uh, we are supporting Na the band who is here today. And you can download their single now on Wonder Girl. Their full album is coming soon. You can go to Spotify, iTunes, etc. It is free. It is free. So download it. And uh, we want to thank Michelle Allen. She's a longtime sponsor of the show. you're buying, selling, renting, leasing, real estate, she's glad to help you and guide you in the area. I also want uh, to remind you that Mason's High Octane Martial Arts is located in Covington, Tennessee creating champions and black belts alike for 20-plus years, since 93, however many years that is. Uh, You can give us a call or uh, check out MasonsMartialArts.com. The Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar, located off Square in Covington, open every day at 4 p.m. It's got great drinks and food, lots of fun, trivia tonight, live music on Fridays. Uh, Come check us out at the Cellar. And then Josh is always ready to help you with your branding and online presence at Masonite Marketing. He'll help you with your social media, website, etc. Just holler at him at masonitemarketing.com. And joining me today are Noah and Austin from the band N.A. The Band.
1: Yeah. And,
0: uh, yeah. And they're uh, so excited to be here. How are you guys? Really, We're good. Really good. Yeah. Really good. And For those that don't know, uh, Austin's my son. Uh, most of you would know that. And then Noah is like a son, so I know him very, very well. Oh, and, uh, and I'm very proud of you guys. Y'all have done a good job on you know, taking your passion and something you're very talented at and trying to turn it into a business, mm-hmm. uh, even now, maybe more so than before. Yeah. So tell me about the, we, we kind of discussed it, but you know, it, it's kind of, uh, weird, I guess, as your dad to ask you about it, but you can tell everybody that's watching, uh, all, you know, just 12,000 people. What was the inspiration <laughs> for the album that you, you guys, uh, put together?
1: Well, I went to a concert at the Orpheum in Memphis for, uh, the Ban Amino, which is a local uh, – they were local. They all went to university in Memphis, and a couple of them went to ECS high school, graduated in Memphis, lived in Memphis, grew up in Memphis, and then they went on to have, you know, this pretty successful career. They are def- they may not be like A-listers, you know, they're not Taylor Swift breaking Ticketmaster, but, I mean, they sold out the Orpheum, and they sell out theaters and, and various other arenas around the country. I went because I've been listening to them for a couple years, saw what they did listen to the songs, realize that the songs weren't necessarily just, you know, eye-opening musical skill playing, but like they were catchy. They were clean. They were uh, marketable and they were just fun. And I, I saw everybody in the room singing their songs at the top of their lungs. And I just thought, man, I really think me and Noah could, could write songs like this and, and, you know, do something like this. Like, I don't think it'd be not that it's, not hard, but I think that we are capable of doing that. And yeah. the next day we had a gig at a nature center <laughs> for like $100. And I got a ticket on the way there. So I was in the hole like 80 bucks <laughs> by the time we got there. And uh, I just asked him, you know, would you would you want to maybe try and do this whole music thing for a living? Because we've, we've been told for years that, you know, remember me when you're famous. And now we're going to actually try <laughs> to get famous. Yeah.
2: It's really interesting, too, because like... Austin and I through college, you know, we were doing like Southern Gospel stuff and choir stuff and I was doing bluegrass stuff. And so this whole album was completely different um, musically than anything else that we'd ever really done before. But at the same time, like me growing up through high school and stuff doing music, I always really wanted a band that was kind of more poppy, alternative style. And so the way that it's kind of come to fruition has been kind of interesting. Like when you told me, hey, you want to just start a band? I was like... Uh, Yeah,
1: let's just go ahead and do it. (laughs) Yeah, so now we're a band, (laughs) quote-unquote.
0: Well, I mean, in some ways, you've taken some steps further than other people. I mean, Mm -hmm. you technically have gotten produced, and you have an album, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I mean, that's steps further than a lot of folks. It's interesting to me, I've discussed this with at least you, Austin, before, and, and people have heard me complain about it on here, and it's why I have the interest in the recording studio and everything, that people that are very talented um some and i'm not saying this is definitely not you guys y'all are y'all are taking it to the next level but a lot of people terry bell's an example that are very talented they never take it to the commercial level you know that they're better than most of the people you hear on the radio and people don't know about them don't know how to pull the trigger to go to that next yeah. step so i think y'all are young enough and you're very talented uh that you know it's definitely something that can happen for you
1: yeah well i think we're it's not lost on us that this is gonna take a lot of time if we wanna actually do it. And obviously we have, you know, our working lives that we have to and we have to maintain our livelihood while we still do this. But this is the time to do it because there's not much to risk here. I don't have any kids right now. He doesn't have any kids right now. There's not we're not leaving, you know, six figure jobs to try and do this. This is kind of our opportunity to really give it a shot and like you said, we've been told we're one of those couple of those guys that's been told that we're good enough to do it. Why not at least try? Yeah. That's my thought process. The way
2: I look at it kind of too is that like on top of um, the band stuff and like learning how to market ourselves, you know, that's also skills that we can apply elsewhere in jobs and yeah. things like that too. So even if we do bust, you know, in, in the musical sense and, and decide to call it quits with NA, which I don't plan on doing. But it'll be a good um, learning experience. It'll be regardless. a great learning experience regardless. Yeah. yeah.
0: So. Well, you know, Sometimes it's success if you're doing something you enjoy, you know. Like Austin and I were recently discussing this, like what metrics equal success to you? And I think I'd asked both of you that when we were riding wherever it was the other day, to Jude's thing about you know what would you what would be required for you to feel like oh I'm successful now? And uh, well, I'll let y'all speak to that real quick, and then I got a, another question. So what what to you right now where you're at would equal oh we're successful? For the band or just individually? Band. Well, and I guess it technically ties into individually.
1: I would say that if we got to a point where we could play music for a living and, and you know, for what we we both make now, that would be a form of success for me. But really just, just maintaining the freedom to be able to do it, I think I would also consider a success because it's very – I mean, there's nothing more fun than performing for people. So if I could – always maintain the ability and the liberty of being able to go and play gigs and play shows, uh, I think I would consider that success in the long run.
2: Yeah. I mean, I find success – I get pretty excited about small things. <laughs> so um, pretty much anything's – like if somebody was asking about us or, like, saying they listen to our songs, or like, well, singing along with us on songs that we've written. Like um, Like when I wrote Kathleen, like a lot of my friends really enjoy Kathleen – and we'll sing that along with me you yeah. know, when I'm singing it and I find that in itself a way of success too you
1: know yeah like our friend sent us a screenshot of his Spotify most played and Wonder Girl was the number one and yeah. we, we both kind of got giddy about that yeah. like, uh, you and actually it's,
2: it's those things too that make you want to do it even harder mm-hmm. you know like you just want to go out and write the next song that they're gonna enjoy and yeah it's it's addicting really
1: so we've we've already written half an album since the out since we've finished the album that's about to release. Does it so. sound similar to the one that's I would say pending? it's. Even, I'd say it's even more marketable than the one. Well, cuz
0: one thing that I found interesting on the one that you guys have recorded and we were involved with was to me there was like an almost like an 80s feel yeah. to it. It had like especially even Wonder Girl at the beginning the whatever that is. I do the, the pad there the little Yeah, whatever it is. It's got like stuff. an 80s feel to it. Yeah. Did that, was that intentional or, uh, well, one of the,
1: honestly, one of the tunes we almost completely, like, I wrote the song and the words and everything, but like the whole vibe, we were like, we want it to sound like this journey song, like, mm-hmm. and so we completely stole the vibe. But all of that, um, that MIDI stuff and that stuff in the background that you hear that sounds kind of like a, a tuned well noise, um, that's kind of in right now. And that is, that is one of the fun, the more fun things about the band Camino's music. And, uh, like wild the bands like 1975 and wild right. and wildlife that they have this very ambient sound while, while keeping that upbeat, uh, rhythm. So the little stuff at the beginning of stuff like that's just what's in, but it is, everything comes back around. So it yeah. is very eighties. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, like for me, when we were writing all that music, um, like some of my biggest inspirations or like memories of music growing up was like riding in the car with my dad, listening to Billy Joel or Journey or Queen or, or bands like that that might have like those big power ballads or like those slow songs with the, the midi synth. And yeah. so um, we wrote the whole album pretty much uh, over spring break, last last spring break, I guess. Yeah. So what was that, March? It was this year? It was uh,
1: March... I think we want we wanted to it was December when we decided to start writing an album and we recorded in february so yeah. between two months' time we wrote eight Eight and, songs.
2: And we wrote the whole thing on two guitars sitting on a futon in our dorm room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the whole time we were doing that with two guitars, we were thinking, oh, okay, like Wonder Girl, we got done. And or,
1: this like, instrument will do this. This is
2: going to do this. And then in the back of that, you know, you're going to have a little bit of like, check it check it to And we just
1: kept on writing this stuff down, remembering what we wanted, took it to our friends who helped produce the album, and it became what it was. Which I was very happy with, very pleased with. Yeah,
0: I tried to listen to the songs uh, unbiasedly, which is hard because you're my son, and, <laughs> and and I obviously like you a lot, Noah. Thanks. I care about your success. I appreciate it. And uh, but you know, so as a father, but I try to be critical. And I also, you and I, Austin, have disagreed from even when you were in middle school, sometimes musically, because like you remember that talent show, and I recommended you did. I forget what song it was. And I was like they're not going to get it that you should do this was more marketable and then you did whatever and won with it. Yeah. So I mean I get that I'm not <laughs> I get that I'm not the uh, uh, you know there's certain certain aspects of it I just don't get or understand. And uh, anyway, but listening to it, trying to listen unbiasedly, I think it's good. You know, like I listen to it regularly. Madeline listens every day to Wonder Girl. <laughs> Literally every day she listens she we were driving back from uh, Camden. And she goes, "Well, I'm gonna go ahead and get my Wonder Girl in for the day. <laughs> and Start playing it. She literally listens to it. Get every our day. streams up good. Yeah, well, I yeah. think I
1: think a lot of our family and friends and everybody has been real supportive of it. Oh yeah. And I think it's a good. That's a good song. And that song in particular was the one we wanted to, to open up with. I feel like it. Who
0: wrote that one? I wrote. that He wrote one. that one. Yeah. Who's it about?
2: Um, it's honestly not about anybody <laughs> <laughs> in particular. I was right. I wrote most of this. Well, we we. I, <laughs> From my perspective, I always try to put it into the shoes of a different person, like a make, uh, make-believe scenario of somebody else. So Wonder Girl was like the shoes of some guy that saw a girl at a party but didn't know if he was going to have like a second chance to ever see her again. Yeah.
1: He writes from a different perspective. I have to write from experience. like. The love songs that are positive and about loving somebody, if I had a hand in them, it was me thinking about McKenna. Mm-hmm. And if they're about breaking up or, or anything else, it's the antith- antithesis, antithesis of me and McKenna. Like, I have to I have to channel my reality when you can just be like, what if we wrote it about this and somebody going through something like this? Well, I have to pull from
0: my, my own experience. Yeah. So so the album has, what was it, eight songs? mm mm-hmm. Eight. Yeah, and what was the? What did y'all plan on dropping the full album?
2: Well, I've been pretty lazy about putting it online, um, getting it ready for. I guess the Q is it a Q in Yeah, I don't know that. But, um, <laughs> in um Putting it in Q. We were planning on releasing it sometime at the end of the year, like yeah, maybe the first of next year.
1: We maybe. were gonna do it the end of this month, but then life kind of got, you know, crazy holidays getting work and stuff all yeah. sorted Move out here, moved, all yeah you moved here stuff. and so i think the the end of the beginning of the year i think we're going to release it and we want to we want to give uh ample time to tell people about it too so yeah.
0: I, I hadn't talked to you off the air yet about this but i figured out how to get your records pressed and the cost on all that too oh, cool! Oh, nice. by the way uh and the one that i'm looking at you put the picture a picture on it it's more expensive but I figured with an album, you can, especially when we do the store, and this is something we got to move on soon because it has to. It takes like sixteen weeks for production, <laughs> yeah. and I wanted to get them in time for when we do the record store. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, like an we, actual we'll talk about it, record. It's a record, mm, and it that'd has. Be cool. uh, it's, you can get them different colors. This one place I found, and uh, you can even put your picture on it, so that the album is your picture, and then That's it's cool. all packaged, cool. So it's a premium product. Heck yeah! Um, but it's expensive. But, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we won't talk about all that later. <laughs> uh, but I thought that'd be cool because yeah. you know, albums are coming back in. And for folks watching, I was just thinking about it because I noticed some of the viewers that were coming on and off of different um, g- generations you know, I know a lot of people struggle with the digital stuff still and um, you know, I take it for, I think a lot of us probably take it for granted, but the album right the song right now Wonder Girl is available for free. All you have to do is go to Spotify, I think it's on iTunes, Apple Music, it's on YouTube. Apple Music, uh, yeah, it's on YouTube and you can download it at no charge and it helps these guys. So if you don't do anything else from watching this, you know, at least go and listen and possibly download uh, that song it helps them on the algorithm on all those sites. Um, and then their album will be coming the same way and it's free. So, uh, I've talked to both of you either. I don't remember if it was here personally about these things, but these are sort of general questions I always ask artists is, you know, what is your inspiration? You sort of touched on it with listening to music with your dad, but musically, who do you feel inspires you?
2: Well, um, it's kind of changed a lot over the time of my life, but I started playing guitar at 12 and singing, terribly at about 12 as well (laughs) um and then back then I was listening you know to like Billy Joel um I listened to a lot of Billy Joel um Elton John people like that um started playing piano learning all their songs and stuff um but over the course of time I went through my little punk stage you know I listened to a lot of metal and I still do I love stuff like that which is kind of wild because our music's super mellow yeah but it's um, <laughs> super
1: mainstream yeah
2: but. i'd say currently who do i currently i love i love the way that john mayer feels in his music at all times i mean i think that he's a music mastermind in all things far better guitar player than me um john mayer and like people like um I really like those fun acoustic-y...
1: John Moreland and John Moreland. Eric Hutchinson, um, and uh, yeah. Jason Isbell. Who's the
2: guy that did Banana? Pe- not Banana. Pe- uh, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Yeah, like, I love music like that. Yeah, like, I write ben, a lot of songs. Ben Folds,
1: similar. Yeah. I, I I mean, for me, the all time, the greatest of all time. He lives in Wasilla, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> for those who didn't know, last last Tuesday, his name's Alan Stone. And uh, he is my blanket. He is kind of the foundation of my voice. But like him, I've been, I haven't been like I'm a huge Alan Stone fan, probably one of his biggest fans. But I don't listen to Alan every day. Yeah. Like uh, I know all of his songs front to back. I can listen to the first five seconds and tell you what song it is. So I don't, ha- I don't really. But I really, right now, my dream is to write one song as good as oh, like. Like a chorus, even as good as a Jason Isbell song. Like,
2: yeah, Jason Isbell is probably the best songwriter of, all, of time. all time. Yeah,
1: so I've been really listening to like some like singer songwriter, just a dude and a guitar, for the past like two months. That's all I've been listening to. Well, you to.
2: also listen to a lot of Emery. Oh, and
1: be- yeah, Emery, uh, which yeah. is my uncle James's favorite band. Which I think I'm. I think I might know more songs than him now. Like I love that music and that kind of. That kind of got us to where we are with the album. It's really yeah. a hodgepodge. Like, but like we don't listen to many, a, a lot of music like the music we make, which is weird. But.
0: Well, I can't speak for Noah, but Austin, you were raised in music. You know, your mother's family is very musical, and we were always listening to stuff. I remember as a kid, you simulating Justin Timberlake. Yeah, um, you had, I mean, you had an electric guitar when you were like five or six. Yeah, I used to clean uh, my room to Summer Love. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm glad that uh, y- y'all y'all have taken from childhood something you grew to enjoy. Yeah. You know, the thing is, the only thing I, I, I don't say I worry for you about it, but it's a concern for sure, is you don't want it to become so much of a job, you don't enjoy it anymore. Yeah, that is true. I went through that briefly with Taekwondo. It was my passion, and then when I was teaching it all the time, suddenly it becomes a job, and then you you, you lose some of the joy.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, the thing is... That, that happened to me already, I think. We have yeah. already been <laughs> through that experience. Um in the past few years yeah well uh,
1: well, we were both in the Renaissance program, and uh we both uh I would say were at the top of the program and um I, while I owe a lot to the bethel Bethel University and the Bethel Renaissance program, man, did we sing and sing and sing and sing and sing, and I kind of got to where I was kind of a robot doing it and began to kind of resent ever having to do it, and uh kind of got this anxiety about performing instead of being excited and happy that I would get to perform so I think I'm getting back into the groove of once I started making my own music again to kind of help me get back into the groove of wanting to do it yeah because
2: you were in it for four years I was in it for five mm-hmm. and after so long and um doing the same kind of sets and same kind of routine you know um you lose kind of that sense of what got you into music in the first place which was uh Discovery and figuring out not just like how to play it, but figuring out who you are through the music itself and creating and creating, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, pulling things from other people, you know, you're sitting down and playing a uh, John Mayer lick, you know, you're learning that thing, but then also you take that lick and you figure out a couple other things to throw in there too by yourself, and you're like, I just did that, yeah. And you can't quit playing it for the next three hours, you know, the next three days. And that's kind of what happened with us on when we were writing the album, is that, like, we were both burnt out. And I think we both said multiple times, like, once college is over, I think I'm done playing music for a long, a time. long time. And then we sat down on the futon and started writing all those songs, and it was, like, all those feelings of, like, I'm capable of making music and learning and, and having fun.
1: The new came back. And honestly, yeah. at the Renaissance program, you're around some some heavy hitters musically. And we were around a lot of heavy hitters musically for a lot of years. A lot. And that made us, I don't I want to speak for you, but that made us kind of discredit our own talent and ability. Like yeah, we, well, c- we can do it too, but we kind of discredit ourselves a, a lot of times.
2: The, the thing about Renaissance, which is a cool thing in itself, is that you take what you have and then you have to plug in yourself into a vibe that's completely different from what you are for years. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of become that vibe. Um, but the thing is, is that, like, I went into Renaissance, and I wasn't a bluegrass player, I wasn't a quartet singer, I wasn't a choir singer, I was a songwriter. Yeah. And I, I wrote little, stupid little songs, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was what I was good at growing up. I wasn't a, a bass singer, you know? Yeah. Um, and you were an Allen Stone wannabe for a long time. That's um, all I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then, you know, you take that and you put it into that, um, um, uh, establishment of, this is choral music, you know, and stuff, and then you try to come back out of that, it's kind of hard to remember, you know, what you were good at. And I don't know if I'm yeah, talking I like think, I think for you. We
1: were made but, to do this and do this this way 100 times a semester. Go and do your job a 100 times a semester, will pay for your school. One of the biggest blessings of my life. 100%. But musically, took a large toll on me because um, right. I – there was no room – I would not go try things on stage because I needed to put the best product out there. I wouldn't try something new or creative. I would go and do exactly what I knew it could do every time to make sure you know, we, we put on a good product on stage. So this – Ability to write songs and create and have freedom to mess up and, and, and try new things yeah.
0: really brought back the
1: it's raw the passion for, yeah. for music.
0: Well, I think you both definitely, though, got a lot of performance experience. Oh, yeah. 100%. From yeah. Renaissance, and that's valuable, too. And
2: I think we've grown, too. I mean, and 100%. I can only oh. imagine.
0: I get, it, I get it's a different experience if it's playing your own stuff. But if you got super famous and you were playing two concerts a week, that kinda gets you know, you gotta got you've already got the repetitions, those muscles are already flexed from being in Renaissance. So I think that's sort of a step forward oh, for yeah, most people. True.
1: I'm ten times the performer and the singer than I was when I stepped yep. into the building at Renaissance. And, and getting those reps under your belt, I mean, you can't put a value on that. But. Singer,
2: a performer, you know, you learn how to set up equipment and tear down. You know, you learn how to deal with people that you've never really had to deal with before. You learn how to talk to a um, sound
1: guy, mix your ears, mm-hmm. you know, how to what the lingo is. You so know. many
2: different great things that you learn through there, so...
0: Well, our, our, uh, I didn't ask you before, but I sure surely you knew I was going to ask you to sing or something. Are y'all willing to do any <laughs> singing? Or can, is there a way to play the song so people can hear some of the song?
2: Oh, gosh. Well, we didn't bring a guitar.
1: I, I
0: just, uh, I'll just yodel. Yodel in the background. <laughs> we were going to bring a – we forgot
1: to bring a guitar we were going to, but we forgot Is there to
0: anything ocupe- a cappella that you think you could do? <laughs> no, that would just be weird for everybody involved. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Y'all could gaze into each other's eyes and sing Wonder We could. All. We could uh,
1: rap for you. We yeah. could
2: freestyle rap for
0: you. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Josh, you can you
3: not play the song? I can pull it and play it through the speakers, but mm-hmm. it won't sound as good as uh...
0: – Well – just on the new f- studio, we need to research for me how we can fix that. Well, technically, we...
3: I can, but I didn't have it preloaded. Okay. and I have to pre to do any of that to play anything, video, audio, anything like that, and play it in program where it's clear. I have to preload it before we do the show. Uh, otherwise, the only thing I can do is play it this way. N a uh, the band Wonder. It's
1: remember. just it's just going to be N a on there, and then Wonder Girl on this uh, YouTube. Uh-huh. I think this is where i found it last time you liked the second one yeah, it's first oh one. it's the first
2: oh. let's go how many views
1: 45 baby <laughs> yes you'll get out there five
0: likes it's two good looking guys there some long hair right there
1: that's on top of the peabody
0: Man, these guys suck. <laughs> That's good. That's good, Josh. I wanted it to at least get through the course. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's a very catchy too. Yeah. Uh, those that are watching, if you especially if you watch this playback uh let us know what you think about the music. Like legitimately, they want feedback and uh I mean you really can't fuss too much when it's free, but
3: by the way, I want to clarify to everybody it does sound way better when you listen to the digital version as opposed to the version we just played. Which <laughs> yeah, is we played the it speakers. through a speaker. Yes, so. so it sounds yes. better
1: than it's that. Pro- it's professionally recorded. Sounds very <laughs> and good. And so uh
0: <laughs> another thing I'll let you guys plug is uh you so Austin had worked for me as a law clerk for a long time, but now he stepped out into another venture and they are managing a uh, basically a uh, uh, guitar store is really what it is, and they're offering things like lessons and et cetera, and it's here in Covington. So tell us about that. So we are going to be the managers and
1: operators of Liberty Vintage Guitars right on the square, right down the hill from this law office. Um, So I didn't have to go far for my new gig. Um, And basically what it's going to be is a – full turnkey shop for all your guitar needs and and most of your musical needs so like you come in you need a drumsticks we got drumsticks you need reeds for your saxophone i got reeds for your saxophone you want guitar lessons we can do guitar lessons you want me to change the strings on your guitars i'll change the strings on your guitar if you need me to tune your guitar you come in i'll tune your guitar you can buy guitars there buy guitar straps there capos tuners uh, amplifiers chords uh, anything you need, but really it's going to, it's Liberty Vintage Guitars and uh, we will, the bulk of our movement will be in guitars, but it, it is going to be a, a pretty cool little music store as well. So uh, that's going to be opening up the beginning of January and uh, we're really excited for the opportunity to, to kind of do something we love and and uh, teach people guitar, teach people about singing and just uh, have something like that in Covington
0: that I think's really cool. Yeah, and it's probably good for you guys, too, on the music end, because if folks aren't even in there, you just sit around and jam out. <laughs> yeah, and oh, yeah.
2: that and also, like, we have a stage in the back, so we're going to try to have concerts, hopefully, every other weekend um, in the store. So Any local talent, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be a pretty cool vibe. We're currently trying to get all of the uh, the painting and stuff done right now. Yes, that's why we're
1: dressed the way we're dressed. We came from over there painting and putting up ceiling and yeah, putting, up putting up
2: ceiling um but there's going to be like a really cool mural in the background behind the stage and um hopefully we have it set up to where it's just kind of like a really cool place to hang
1: out yeah and if you're a local musician you want to come in there and try out guitars and yeah. you know like, oh maybe
0: one day i'll buy that one yeah you know, come hang, come, out, with come hang out
1: and yeah it's just going to be a cool little place Yeah. So.
0: So uh, I, I I thought about you over the weekend, fellas, because I'm reading this book called The uh, Art of War, The Business Art of War, something like that, something about Art of War and business. And basically, what this guy does is he takes two companies, tries to use some provision from Sun Tzu, and apply it in this business battle they had. And what made me think of you is over the weekend, the part that I was reading was on um, Gibson. Yep. I don't know what was that. Yeah, I don't know. Either. It was on Gibson and. Um, What's the other one? Uh, the other competitor. It was the Les Paul, which is a what? What is it? It's, it's, a, it's a Gibson. Gibson. And then the, what's the Stratocaster? That's the Fender. Fender. It was Fender and Gibson. They battled uh, when electric yeah. guitars got to be up. It was very interesting. But what it led me to think about, the question that I have, is what do you think is the best guitar? Oof. For what? Best quali- overall best quality acoustic guitar. Acoustic guitar? Sure. I mean, I think I have a
1: for me the top the top brands that are the most marketed that are that are you know very good are Martin and Taylor and I have a martin, but I would like a Taylor, but there's also other brands like Tacoma and Eastman and um just and what's the the one in there was one in Wyoming you played it you loved The bourgeois it. yeah, the bourgeois yeah. there's other like these dudes hand make these take some fourteen hours. And they're quality instruments, and, yeah. and you pay good money for those instruments.
2: So if if any parents are listening that that's kids want to play guitar and you're thinking, like, why don't I just get them, you know, a $100 guitar, um, go ahead and get them, like, a, a $250 guitar just because the quality difference not only makes it sound better but also, like, playability-wise. A $100 guitar is not really going to... Uh, uh, fret well, and it's going to make the kid put the guitar down faster. Yeah. That being said, um, my favorite guitars, I've always loved Martin. Um, I think they have a far better sound than Taylor, just because Taylors are kind of stringy sounding. And that's great for some people, but I like a little muddier sound. I think Martin has a really good one. Um, if we're going like off of mainstream guitars, I really love a good callings, but you're looking at spending about 25 to four thousand dollars on one, yeah, um which is not in most people's budget, so
1: <laughs> <laughs> and those are the top tier, like Billy Strings uses guitars that cost that much. John Mayer uses guitars yeah. that cost that much, and you know,
0: and you'll have electric guitars, too,
1: yeah, um, oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll have an electric section, we'll have an acoustic wall, an electric wall. And then kind of in oddities, Huawei, mandolins, violins, yeah. uh, ukuleles. And, and we'll and,
2: carry things um, of all price ranges. So, like, if your kid's wanting to get into playing, you know, we'll have a good selection for you. And if you are a 15-year pro, we'll have a, a good vintage uh, selection, yes. a new selection that might be a little bit more uh, catered to your needs. Yeah.
1: But for me, Taylor or Martin, for you, what is it? I don't know. I love mine so much. I have an Eastman.
2: If you're if if you you like if you're a good guitar player, get an Eastman. Cause and, and
1: also, any guitar, if you set it up right, it can be a good guitar. Oh, yeah. And if you play it, the more – this is going to sound crazy, but the more you play a guitar, the better it's going to sound. Oh,
2: yeah. Like. I mean, when I went to get mine, I went to Nashville – with like two grand in my pocket, going to buy a Martin. Like, I was dead set on getting a uh, D28 uh, or a D18 uh, Dreadnought Martin. Um, and I went to three different stores: I went to Gruen's, I went to Carter's, um, tried out all the Martins, um, and then I went to it's called Corner Store Music in Nashville, and they had this Eastman on the wall. I'd never played an Eastman, and it was about it was about half the price of every Martin that I'd played. And I picked it up and I absolutely loved it. And I still play it today because it's just amazing. I, yep. think it sound, I think it sounds better than most of the Martins that I've played. Your recently. guitar sounds very good. Yeah. And if
1: you set it, like my guitar, I recently got set up and it completely changed the guitar. Like it was, it added value to the guitar. And so, but you won't, you can't set up a $100 guitar. A plywood guitar, you can't touch I mean, yeah. it's not going to do anything to it. So yeah, if you, I would agree. If you're wanting to get started out, one of the biggest hurdles to start playing guitar is my fingers hurt. My fingers hurt really bad mm-hmm. pressing on these things. You have to press so hard. Why do you have to press so hard? Well, you don't have to press as hard on a Martin or a Taylor yeah. or a, a decent Fender or a decent Gibson. So, you know, you want to go out on a limb there, and you'll increase your chances of sticking with it if yeah. you get a quality guitar, a quality instrument to start with. But. Right.
0: Well, I remember when we got yours, and as many of you know on here, I was broke. <laughs> and uh, I remember the kids thought that the best evidence, y'all told me this, that y'all thought the best evidence of Santa Claus is that they knew we had no money. And so when Santa came, they're like he's got to be knew real. He was real. <laughs> these guys, I know my parents couldn't afford <laughs> yeah, the Santa Claus exactly. stuff. So I remember vividly we went in that uh it was Guitar Center. The Guitar Center, yeah. Yeah, and the, he would he would always go in that room and play all the different ones and yeah. there was this one, the one particular one he wanted. And we looked at it, and Madeline and I literally saved for, I think, a half year uh, to make sure that we were able to get him. And then that Christmas made it it's worth so it because he got it, and he was real emotional over it, and I could tell it was a big deal. I still,
1: that's the only guitar I use. That's the only guitar that I play. And
0: Yeah, yeah well, I'm just glad good. we were able to get it for you because I think, you know, it, when you all were kids, even though money was uh, tight, to say the least, if you remember, I always tried to, f- to foster your – things you're interested in and talented so like books we were all about your books if you were into this sport for a second if you were into that we we tried to do whatever was necessary to build that and i think as a parent at least hindsight i'm glad that we we did that with our kids so and we didn't we didn't try to shoehorn you in of course i always wanted them all to do martial arts (laughs) and uh austin probably more than the rest of the children did I, I don't want to say look up to me and put words in your mouth but you did constantly like if i was into the motorcycles yeah you were in the motorcycles as i was doing martial arts he's into martial arts he's up mm-hmm. there little head running around doing mma
1: well i think the i found like i i liked doing do jiu-jitsu i didn't want to do taekwondo really i wanted to get my black belt be done with taekwondo then jiu-jitsu and mma i love doing that um and then Eighth grade rolls around and I found something like I wanted to be good at something because I knew you were world class at martial arts, but like I didn't I didn't seem to have a natural aptitude for it. I started singing. And then girls started screaming. I was like, it's like I'm gonna just." And so I leaned into it and found out, man, this is something I could be really, like really excel at. I want to give a shout out to Peter Simons, my uh, choir director in middle school. He did say he gave me my first compliment that made my head big. He was like, "I think you could really, really do this." And you know, I'm still singing today. So shout out to Pete. <laughs>
0: <laughs> shout out to Pete. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, speaking of that, when you were a kid, I'm just curious if you remember this, Austin. I don't know if we talked about it. Do you remember any of the times folks challenged me? Yes. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say. Well, recount one because I have a memory in my head of one in particular uh, that you kids watched. But y'all were there. All they grew up in a karate school. So, well,
1: I think people would come challenge you, but people would come challenge like Gunner and Daniel mm-hmm. and yeah. Darian. And like, yeah. I was like, what are y'all doing? Like, and so basically, what we're recounting is these individuals that don't know anything would come in, <laughs> would come into the martial arts school and think, oh, I don't know anything, but I'm in good shape. I'm stronger than these people, so I could, you know, beat them up. And then they find out really quick that if you know something, and if you're world-class at it, like my father or probably your star pupil, in my opinion, over the years, Gunner, mm-hmm. who was a lanky little wiry looking yeah, like nothing, they would get their tail whooped. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, that would happen a lot. We'd sit in the chairs and watch my dad just beat the crap out of people. And uh,
0: Well, they signed waivers, and I wasn't beating them beyond – let's let's clarify. It's well, not yeah. like I was just tor- – but they were asking for it. Yeah. Like, most of them came in, and were gonna, we wanted to teach me things, which is fine. I was, great, okay, sign this waiver. And then, then I would clarify if there was going to be a rule set or not, because if they said, no, nah, no rules, great, no rules – or you know whatever their s- specific pattern was. But people I, th- I think people today don't understand that those challenges happened. People would walk in a martial arts school yeah. and be like, oh, I'm going to whoop the whoever. But you're right on Gunner. And the, part of the reason I started using Gunner in a lot of them is because it's one thing for me who, I'm a relatively big guy and very accomplished and experienced. One thing for me to whoop them, but uh, my student to me more proves the concept. It yeah. proves that I know what I'm doing. And he was small. He was a lot smaller than these guys. He was so, like 160. Yeah, so like, like, man, I tell you one of the best ones, is not to get on a caveat uh, to talk about all that, but it's just interesting memory, is, uh, I don't know if you were there or not, but he would help me train the cops. So we bring the cops in, and they're big dudes, you know? And then, of course, they alpha male type mentality anyway. And Gunner would lay them out <laughs> i'm talking about knock them unconscious oh, like uh it is one thing if i did it but when he did it and was so much smaller i think it just really so, taught them he was built like that crutch over there yeah, like he yeah, was yeah, tiny. he's tiny like, he's a little skinny guy not a hulk, but he's like a me. very talented very talented martial artist and luckily i had several through the years that were real talented like that various weight divisions and stuff yeah. but anyway i was just curious if you remember that i do remember that i i, I thought you were going to remember the one where the one dude walked in and he'd come in a couple of times. And he was always super cocky, and he was one of those guys that was like, "I'm sixty five and zero in street fights, bare knuckle." Like Charlie, what's his name? And he's got a. This guy had a gut. Like he was clearly not in shape, right? Not not knocking it, but he didn't come in wanting to sign up. He come in to teach to tell us how great he was, and finally he was wanting to spar one time. And uh, I wasn't going to let anybody else spar him because, you know, some of the guys, the advanced level guys, I'm fine with letting them go. But also I have to worry about the liability of what if my advanced level guy kills the guy, you know, or something like that. I knew I at least had control to not kill him. Well, this guy gets out there. And what I remember is you and Alex, we had that little half wall. And y'all got on the half wall and you were watching. And I remember seeing you. <laughs> and I we stepped back and I was like, all right, you ready? Just say go. The guy said go. And I said, blow. And I just round kicked him in the gut. And he goes, Bleh! and falls out. He falls out on the floor. he's like, and the kids are like, okay, it's over. And they walk off. So I'm taking my stuff off. This dude's literally laid out on the floor, like, crying. And the kids are just walking off like well, it's another day.
1: At the at the risk of sounding narcissistic, which is about 90% of what I say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you, you get it natural in, <laughs> but in the Mason family. <laughs> there are so many parallels to that. And I think Noah can relate. He may not be as vocal about it as me. But like when you're in the music business, in the performing business and somebody sees you do it at a high level and you walk off stage all of a sudden they are also an expert in the music business yeah. and they also I have done it that. as a high level i've met so many bass players for famous bands that were not the bass player for that famous band and yeah. and uh, i was in choir and i and it's so and it's them trying to relate but a lot of times to me that kind of clogs our system it's like if you're getting out there and you're not taking it as seriously as I am and you don't – and truth be told, you just don't have the natural talent for it, that kind of uh, puts a lot of pawns in the machine that may not need to, be, need to be there. So that kind of clogs our system in trying to get to the next
3: level. It's, it's exactly the same in filmmaking too. So yeah, it's so, the same across the board. Music, well, filmmaking, martial arts. Well, you, you
0: saying that, though, made me start rethinking something I told you before because you've commented, you know, you're like me. You're, you haven't – I think as I've gotten a little older, I'm better at not appearing quite as arrogant as I probably am on on just a few things, not everything. Like, I'm not a music guy, right? But martial arts, I'm a little arrogant on it. I mean, just being honest, right? But what dumbfounds me, and I'm sure you struggle with it with music, is I've found that a lot of times people's comments are based on ignorance. They just don't know. It's not they're bad people. They just don't know. And anyway, what I was going to say is, I've told you before, Austin. Like, oh, you just, you know, you need to be careful saying whatever to them. You need to be respectful. At least they're here, and you're like, this guy's an idiot. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same time, you got to have contenders. Yeah. It's like I would go to tournaments, right? And uh, especially as I got skilled, I'd show up, and there would literally sometimes oh, wow. be people not compete because I was there. Well, there'd be a couple other guys standing there that you were like. That guy's going to lose. You know, you just look at him and you're like, this guy's not going to win. But he's a contender. He's there. You know, if there's not somebody to be rated against, yeah. how do you look like you – well, yeah, you're Well, gonna... yeah, I did
1: the same thing. Like Again, this is – I apologize, everybody. This is going to sound awful. But I would go to talent shows and I would pick the spot in the song that would mean I was going to beat them. Their song, when they were in their performance, I'd pick the moment that meant I was going to beat them because they didn't, you know, measure it. But, But –
3: Never, never apologize for <laughs> being noah. You're the being best. so quiet on all this. Well, because
1: Noah, look, Noah. I'll be honest. He's a better musician than me and a better guitar player than me. Um, and I, I like to, but he has my respect. And I think I had a problem for a long time with the uh, with the baseline of like nobody had my respect. And I think I've, I've as I've gotten older, that's gotten better. Once I went to Bethel, that got a lot better. Like I thought I was the bee's knees. There was nothing better. There, look, I am scraping the bottom of the barrel really like there's so many talented musicians out there like I so many
2: i was a little bit more humble than
1: you oh you're definitely more, <laughs> more humble than <laughs> that's Off what i'm that's what i'm trying to say
2: I, my first singing competition that i uh tried out for i didn't even get into
1: when
2: i was 13 and then when i was 14 i tried out again and I made it into the top five. And when I was 15, I I did it again, and I made it into the top three. And when I was 16, you know, I got second. And when I was 17, I finally won it. I stepped up, but, like, I was was never good enough, you know. See,
1: everything around here, I just won. And so I think that really, really hurt me. It hurt me in a lot of ways. I can't sing harmony. Uh, I can sing harmony. But I have to work a lot harder to do so, and that is – in large part because I just was always singing the solo, always singing the melody. I was never made to do it. And I wish, if I could go back, there was – I wish there was 10 dudes that were out of my – like way out of my league at the time that I could have pulled from and learned from, and I'd be 10 times the musician I am today. But instead, I was very top-heavy here, and uh, and I believe that kind of that hurt me. So I hope that, like, something like this guitar store will bring the – because I know there's some heavy hitters in this county – in the city that will bring out some people from the woodwork and, you know, we can all kind of get better together. So,
2: yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So on the confidence thing, though, I, I don't think you should undervalue that like at any point, you know, the kids, infor- whether it's fortunate or unfortunately, saw me and to some degree <laughs> emulated me. Well, I've been told that. And as a younger man, <laughs> I was much more uh, confident. Uh, well, I, I probably wasn't much more confident. Uh, arrogant is again probably a better word if I'm being honest but it wasn't unfounded is the thing is that I would go and compete and in specifically in the martial arts world I was very very confident and so the kids learned and of course I taught confidence too in martial arts you learn confidence so he got a black belt Along the way, and it was hard. I didn't give them the black. My kids had the hardest black belt tests of anybody in our school's history because I didn't want anybody to say that he got breaks or just got it because he's my kid. I wanted to throw up the whole time. Yeah, he's crying and everything. I was crying. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I think I was crying. It was like an hour it took me to do it. I think I was crying for thirty minutes (laughs) of it.
0: (laughs) But that was part of the test. Is if they don't, as long as they don't quit, I don't care if you're crying, just don't quit. So there's some development of that, and I think some of that rubs off, and it's a pro and a con. Because uh, I think sometimes if you're too overconfident, you miss the opportunity to grow because you don't realize there's things you can learn from other people. Uh, but at the same time, you have to have a certain level of confidence to perform, to step out and and risk things, try things you you haven't done. You know, miraculously, Alex, he's pretty confident. You know, he'll do trying to try to be a Navy SEAL. Um, you're obviously confident, Jude. <laughs> okay, he's probably worst uh, he's of us. The worst, yeah. He, he's more <laughs> like I was, which is the what scares me, right? He's way overconfident it, really <laughs> the, the, only one that, the only one that struggles with is jade yeah. you know jade struggles with her confidence
1: we could, probably, uh, we could probably take a page out of her book but i think mm-hmm. i think it's been a net positive for me to have this blind arrogance because sometimes i just <laughs> try stuff and yeah i might i might miss but if i if i make 60 percent of the shots i take and miss the other 40 that I, that i took mm-hmm. off of blind arrogance
0: i think it's worth it so now on a completely <laughs> different pivot here of course, Austin's happily married to the one of the most wonderful women in the world. I can honestly say that. She's literally a unicorn. Yeah. My daughter in law McKenna, who if she's watching or watches it back, she's literally a unicorn. <laughs> she is one of the happiest, most beautiful, just fun, joyful people I've ever met. Yeah. So so Austin is if he's a smart man, will always be off the market if he's lucky. I'm very off the market. Noah, on the <laughs> other hand. He's on the market. And, <laughs> but, I, but I'm going to go ahead and say something, Noah, because I know some things you don't know that I know. Um, I, 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 we got to work on your game a little bit though brother like i think like you, you, the other day uh i know from a, a mutual friend told me that you came up to her and was like oh, I, I think that woman might have been hitting on me I think that lady <laughs> might have been interested and then you told her what she said and it was like of course she was and you were like i had no idea i don't even know what we're talking about right <laughs> <laughs> me neither. i'm just saying that you know you got a, you're a good looking fellow. you're very talented oh thank you so uh <laughs> Just letting the ladies out here know that Noah is a single.
2: I am. I am single. I'm, I'm... Focusing on myself
1: right now. <laughs> <laughs> New, newly relocated to Covington, yeah, Covingtonian. Yeah. Got this now?
0: great dating vibe, <laughs> dating scene here in Covington, Tennessee. Yeah, you know, let me, let me tell
3: you, it's some real winners <laughs> yeah. around here. The
1: tins falling off the trees over here yeah. in Covington.
3: I guess what we're talking about,
0: we are talking about old Josh too. Oh yeah, so Josh is single. Yeah, it's,
3: it's not a. It's definitely not a matter of game. It's well, a matter of uh, the the fish and the sea. Yeah, well. <laughs>
1: I think I think I, I really can't say anything. I just kind of, you know, fell on my head and got lucky. Really, I mean, yeah. I, I had I don't think I had any game, uh, quote unquote, <laughs> before I met McKenna. But yeah, I don't know if you did either. Uh, I just kind of existed. And <laughs> yeah,
2: it's just kind of weird because, like, I don't know. I plan on being single for. You know, uh, until I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I haven't ever really had to worry about game or, like, getting older, you
1: know? or it, like. Yeah, you get, might, you know, get, you're 23 yeah. now, you know. I so know. He's, he's just I, wasting away over there. I know. I was,
2: I was trimming up my, my beard the other day, and I looked, and I had, like, Four gray hairs on this side of my head and, like, four or five on this side. And I was like, man, I'm, like, halfway dead. Just falling apart. (laughs) I I, I know. It's only a few
1: Really? It's just 40 years. You know, that's what we got. (laughs) My lifespan's almost done. Yeah, we're almost done. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
0: just look at me. I'm falling apart over here. (laughs) Third of the way. I got an AARP membership last week. I just realized that January's coming, and I have another birthday coming up. It's depressing. How old are you going to be? It'll be old enough. (laughs) <laughs> I always say I'm old enough to know and young enough to go. Oh, well. So, yeah. I, I, don't, don't be bringing up, Again, everybody a dog, you're getting too old to be doing all that. <laughs> the surgeon literally said that I got, like, the ligaments and tendons of, like, a 20-something-year-old well, from you, doing martial arts all my you stop doing crap. Maybe
1: you'll keep them ligaments and tendons. Well, when yeah, you're 70, uh-huh. you'll have the ones of a yeah. 40-year-old. You <laughs> should try
2: yoga. Have you ever I, I
0: actually yoga? am, Noah. It's funny yeah. you say that. I told Madeline. There were two new goals that I have as I recuperate from this injury. I'm going to try to start doing yoga regularly. Because I do think, especially if you're like me and you do a lot of weightlifting, Mm. I think yoga is a benefit for guys. And it's also harder than men give it credit for. Oh, it's hard. hard. Men that haven't tried it, yoga is difficult. So I have a lot of respect for it. And I think there's a lot of value, especially for men in Mm -hmm. yoga. And then number two... Um, I have one of the things I, so I have a, just a very few things. Normally what I do is I, I, I used to literally write them down Is I have these goals, right? And it'd be like short-term goals, long-term goals. And so there's a goal that I had years and years ago, 20 plus years ago that I haven't checked off. And I decided that I would start working towards it. And the reason I didn't check this goal off is because I personally, uh, was afraid, honestly, I was afraid of my reputation getting affected, or, uh, and it's to to get my black belt in jiu jitsu, Mm. in Brazilian jiu jitsu. So I have a purple belt, although I've been given a blue belt by two different guys and finally a purple belt by one. And, you know, there's so much, is it legit or not in jiu jitsu? And uh, I want to be open minded. And the problem is the reason I got uh, stifled on development is because if there was somebody that was better than me, or there's a risk they were gonna submit me, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want the, I didn't want to get submitted. I didn't want to not be the best, you know, because I've been the best so long on the martial arts. So I'm trying to be open minded to that to grow myself with jujitsu, MMA jiu-jitsu, I'm really good. Like when you get punch and kick people on the ground and whatnot. But if it's straight gi jujitsu, I'm super weak on gi jiu-jitsu. The gi makes me. I even get uh, uh, claustrophobic in the gi because they can choke you and stuff with it. Mm-hmm. And in uh, no gi jiu-jitsu, I mean, I'm probably brown belt level no gi jujitsu. But uh, gi jiu-jitsu, I struggle with. So, it's you know. purple, brown, black, right? No, it's white, blue, purple, brown, black. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So, anyway, so those are the two things, yoga and uh, I want to get heavy back into jiu-jitsu. Well, shout
1: out to Lauren Fletcher. She, uh, I, We've been going to you the gym to her every southern, night. She
0: calls it, what, southern yoga or something?
1: Last night, been bringing McKenna. Mm-hmm. Our friend Anna Rose comes, and uh, me and Noah, McKenna, and Anna Rose went to the gym last night uh anna rose and mckenna went to stretch and lauren was in there doing her yoga class they ended up doing it they really enjoyed it i think they're gonna keep yeah. it up we're good I'm there at total fitness
0: yeah so. yeah yeah i uh i did her class uh, madeline and i did it before No, that and, crap's and, hard yeah. Yeah, yeah i know
2: and there's a lot of like youtube videos that you can follow along with um i got into yoga over the past semester and i haven't done it in like a month but it is a lot of fun and if you do it in the morning it's like you feel a lot better during the day mm-hmm. and also like i can touch my toes now which i've never been able to do okay yeah, so it, it helps out with the important things in life. That's yeah. so. it's good, you touching fit. your toes. Yeah, touching my yeah. toes.
0: Yeah. You, you always had tight hamstrings even as a kid, though. Yeah, I'm You always I'm, struggled I with the hamstring flexibility. flexibility. <laughs> well, up until this injury, I had hamstring flexibility, but yeah. I can't even get my legs straight yet. That's what I'm working towards. My PT started yesterday, and the first goal is to get my legs straight. So mm. it's such an odd experience for me to not be flexible in my legs, mm. but I'm going to fix it. So <laughs> anyway, all right, Josh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm working on my time here, so – all right, well, anything for the good of the order. How about you tell everybody where to find info on you guys?
1: Okay, so we are N.A. the band on Instagram. Yep, we're uh, currently
2: N slash A on Facebook. N
1: slash A on Facebook. Yeah. We're N. A. The, uh, lowercase N.A. the band on TikTok and uh, N.A. the band on any, any other platform. It's N slash A Wonder Girl on YouTube, N slash A Wonder Girl on Apple Music, and N slash A Wonder Girl on Spotify.
2: Yep, and if you uh, follow along on our pages... Uh, once we get um, our album and stuff uh, queued for <laughs> uploading, um, we'll start posting stuff all over our social medias. You'll probably get annoyed by all of it, uh, but we will keep you informed and you can, uh, you can see it and hear it there.
1: And one special request I would make is is, is if you have a TikTok, go and uh, like all our TikToks, follow the TikTok yeah. um Follow cause, our
2: TikTok, yeah, because we...
1: We feel like that's the new vehicle uh, yeah. in today's scene.
2: It yeah. is, and also, like, we posted a lot of covers and stuff, and we'll continue to do that. That's kind of where we post most of our singing stuff. So, like, if you want to hear Austin sing some Alan Stone or, or some Tyler Childers or stuff like that, like, that's all over there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I meant to ask you this, just real quick, because we didn't address it. N-A-Y. I mean, I get no in Austin, I guess, but th- tell me the, okay, the reason. Okay, so
1: on an official form, N-slash-A means not applicable. And we didn't know what the heck to call what music we were going to make or what it was going to sound like. We I've seen like a black guy, he sings like Bruno Mars met Brendan Urey and as a bass. So we didn't really know what it was going to sound like. Didn't know how we would fit in. What what, what, what was our niche? And uh, we're kind of finding that more and more as we go along. So I, I thought that not applicable, plus Noah and Austin, was going to be a would be a cool little thing. And so yeah. far, I think it's sticking with our our college scene. Yeah. The college people have picked up on it, and you know we've given some merch concepts to them and stuff. So, yeah, I also
2: thi- Narcotics Anonymous too. <laughs> yeah, we found that out. But you know,
0: shout out Ben Dicky. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> shout out. Shout out. <laughs> he got back from uh, New York. All right, cool. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to join us, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thanks for having. Obviously, us. I will be. I hopefully can be an asset to help it any way that I can, no matter if it's the guitar stores or whatever. Yeah. I want you both to have the, the greatest success. Well, thank Seems. you. Love you, Daddy. Oh, yeah. I love you, too. All right. If you guys haven't already, also like, follow, subscribe to the and Lawyer stuff. We got the Law Talk podcast as well as and Lawyer on TikTok. Um, don't forget to try both of those. The Law Talk Podcast one uh, covers this stuff, Law Talk Podcast clips, and then the Kicking Lawyers got legal bits and yeah, things and, like I, that. I
3: need to make us a new uh, TikTok, lower Third, that's got both of them. Yeah, all.
0: just do that. Yeah. Uh, of course, we just talked about NA the Band here. They're here with us. Their single Wonder Girl is available across platforms for free. Free. <laughs> Download it, help them, like them, follow them on TikTok, all that stuff. Uh, Michelle Allen is uh, our longtime sponsor good fan of the show also good patron at the cellar she's there pretty regular and uh, she's your go-to in the area if you're going to buy, sell, rent, lease uh, anything with real estate uh, and she's also just a good good lady and then of course Mason's High Octane Martial Arts we talked about it briefly has been open since 93 still training people all the time to become their best self and get their own black belt maybe a goal of yourself just give us a call masonsmartialarts.com and, of course, the Seller Restaurant Prohibition Bar. I'm headed there here now to do trivia for the last time this year. It's holiday-themed trivia. If you guys want to join us, it starts at 630. It opens every day at 4 o'clock. I think we got T-Bone Steaks as a special uh, this weekend. Uh, Brian just sent me a picture of it. It actually looks really good. And, of course, Masonite Digital Marketing. Josh is ready to accelerate your brand. If you need help online with website development, social media postings, et cetera, he's glad to help you out. And thank you guys for watching. I was talking the other day about things that I'm thankful for. I I mean, you know, this whole kicking lawyer thing is done well, but it's because of you guys. It's because anybody would watch or give me any attention, and I I appreciate your trust uh, and support on all of that. So I hope you have a good rest of your week. We'll have another Law Talk next week. You guys keep kicking. Thanks for watching guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.